What is up, everybody? I am one of your hosts. I am the longest reigning and current WWE pay-per-view champion of all time. The one you all came to see, the hot commodity, Ant C. And I'm joined by, oh, that's my left, my friend and cool co-host. Introduce yourself, sir. Hello, my name is Anthony, also wearing a Attitude-inspired shirt today, the Royal Rumble 2000, uh, Nick Foley versus Triple H. But what I like about this shirt, though, too, is that, like, if you're, like, high or, like, on shrooms, like, you're totally, like, ooh, because, yeah, like, I never really noticed it has, it. like, a really cool, yeah. like, out, like, it's so cool. I like it. Respect, I mean, that match right there, Cactus Jack and Triple H, I mean, fucking phenomenal storytelling, and uh, that was a good pay-per-view. Who won the Rumble in your eyes? I wanted it to be Kane that year, but... Uh, I know the Rock's feet touched, and then they did the whole thing over again. But I guess the Rock won. I know the Big Show wasn't Big Show can, you know. I will say when we get to '99, you know, he's doing some cool shit. Big Show when he comes in, but uh, then he gets sent back down to OBW later on. Yeah, and then yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Poor Big Show. I remember a really fun story before we cover Raw. I was telling one of my coworkers back in like 2015. They were. And, I, and I'm looking back at it now, and I'm laughing at myself for this comment. When my coworker is like, oh, who's a good challenger for The Undertaker at WrestleMania? And this is back in, like, 2015. I'm like, oh, I'd say The Big Show. <laughs> why? Just why not? I mean, at that point, that's what I was... They were a good tag team together. I, and that's what I was going yeah, back to. I'm like, if they harpen back to, like, their years of, like, oh, we were the Unholy Alliance. And yeah, then- sure. No, wait, what? I was like, Vince McMahon, do it. Why not? Doesn't matter. Well, you are checking out the uh, Attitude Years podcast. And, Ant, thank you for uh, introducing the fact that you're wearing your shirt. Definitely check us out on YouTube so you can see us live and in person. If not, you can still hear us, too, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and wherever podcasts are available. But check us out live, too, so you can see answer a rumble t-shirt it's not a t-shirt it's a sweatshirt which i appreciate too i'm not really a t-shirt guy i'm more of no, like it actually is a t-shirt i'm wearing underwear oh oh respect we'll see i i like long I'm, I'm a sweater person hiding the fat the extra rolls which i will get back to my goal weight guys i'm gonna get back there so this is raw is war coming to you live from august 10th 1998 Live in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, I do this to every co-host of the Attitude Era Years podcast. I'm still thinking of a name for it. Still, even though I'm months into it. How old were you in August '98? August '98. So I was born '94. I would have been three. So I would have been three. turning four in December. And my question for you, obviously, at three, you're not going to remember this stuff. But like in terms of it, when it was on, like. 99 were you had any family members that might watch it because oh, i yeah sure yeah, yeah, yeah. so you at that point even though you might not have been watching it you knew based on hearing because i remember at five because i think i might have been because i was i think i might have been like five when the undertaker's like corporate ministry shit happened and mm-hmm. it's weird like and i remember that i don't remember the storyline but i remember so you similar situation or are you looking yeah, at no, I, I I think I started watching like around around two years old. My my dad, you know, used to watch it, so he introduced me to it. Um I actually had uh the room I'm in now is like my bedroom now, but it was his office and he had like one of those black boxes that hooked up to your TV. 
that was like static all the time. But when pay-per-views came out, it like changed from static to the pay-per-view. Um, so no, I used to watch wrestling all the time, you know, Blockbuster, you know, I used to rent the, always was like a wrestling video, even though like I would go in there, like not know what I wanted and end up in the wrestling aisle. So uh, no, I, I watch forever. Dude, so many freaking like, and I don't think people who like, I'm glad we have the opportunity to watch it on Peacock. I'm not complaining because then I would have no way of watching it. But like, I don't think people can like, like, I want to say, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, appreciate. Appreciate, yes. Yeah. Just like going into a blockbuster, Tommy K's, Hollywood video, wherever you are, and just seeing the amount of like videos. Yeah, like, no, it was even insane. DVDs, but just like the VHS. And like, they would have like, I remember they do like ones on like Paul Barris funeral par- parlor. They yeah. have like, all the old school, like 92 shit. And I remember too, like a lot of my stuff, but I, my question for you too, like, would you, your family like tape them? Cause I would have a lot of like tapes of like, meaning like they get like one of those, like ones that you could record shows on, on the beach. Yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't. You guys would uh, just buy the, the Yeah, it was just, okay. uh, you know, Blockbuster. I, I can still remember walking in there and like the invasion. I remember the, the, the cover of the invasion. Yeah. Were, like walking up there and stuff like that. But no, uh, like Judgment Day or No Way Out, stuff like that. But no. Yes, dude, Invasion, I got, can I tell you a funny story about Invasion, and I know we're, like, years, but... Biggest missed opportunity in wrestling history. Biggest missed opportunity, but I will, but I do gotta ask you about that, though. Here's my question for you about that, because I, because we're, this is, like, pretty much the same age. We were watching it, though. It was cool to us, because, like, we're thinking, like, because we're young, we're like, oh, shit, what if they end? Older people know, like, this is a shit storyline. But to us, like, we're like, this is awesome. Shane McMahon showed up on WCW. Yeah. That was terrific. Like, people our age now in 01 are, like, looking at it like, oh, we already know. And, and, like, also to the... Of course Vince bought it and they put Shane on TV. But, like, for me as a kid, I was like, holy shit, Shane McMahon's on WCW Nitro. Shit was serious. Survivor Series 01, like, I was all hands on deck, Team WWE, you know, I was worried, like, what, and that whole opening package, like, they paid a lot more attention to detail back then, but, um, where was I going with this? I remember, so, so my family had, like, a weird thing about, like, um, sex or any kind of, like, weird, (laughs) which is hard in the Attitude Era. Yes. And I remember like I'd go to like arenas and like just like going to like a live show. I remember going to like a raw in 05 and they had like the diva surge. And I remember it was like they were doing like a just like a pillow fight kind of thing. And my dad would like make me he'd take me out and we'd go into the lobby and like okay. we'd wait until the they would leave and then we'd come back. And even when it came to on TV, once the women would come out, like he they changed the channel. And, like, if it was, like, a tape that was recorded, like, I remember WrestleMania 15, there's a tag match. They literally got rid of the match because Deborah's walking out and, like, her, like, I'm, like... You did a parental vicha. It was, like, they were very, like... So, I remember Invasion came out, and you know the match, the tag team Braun Panties match. Yeah. I'm seven at the time, and I remember Shucky Ducky Quack Quack. Like, I was really... <laughs> Like, I, you know, I was really into Trish and Stacy and, like, I, Lita, I'm into now, but, like, back in the day, Trish was mine and Stacy was, you know, Tori was hot, too, but, like, Trish and Stacy. So, when the match, the pay-per-view obviously happens, we buy it, uh, the match happens, they turn it off, I don't get to watch it. Well, 
as I burp into the, to the sorry, my grandmother lived downstairs from me. So my parents go out one night. It was like a couple, it was like a night or two after the pay-per-view and I'm upstairs alone. And I'm like, you know what? I want to see this match. And I buy it again. Now, back in the day, those pay-per-views were like 50 bucks. I mean, yeah, absolutely. 50 bucks every pay-per-view. Yeah. And so I don't know how long my family is going to be out. I'm just like, I just want to watch it again. And that match is like, the last match before the main event. So I got to get through at least three hours of a fucking pay-per-view to get to that match. And remember, I have like a seven-year-old mindset at this point. So I'm like, oh, I don't, time's nothing. I'm going to get through it. We're going to get there. We have a ton of time. My mom comes home before the match even starts. And my mom is like, what are you doing? Why? And she's like, you're going to have to tell your dad about this. And it was a big ordeal. And I didn't even get to watch the match. I did, obviously, now as an adult. It's funny how there's no Santa Claus yeah, but I just, like, I wish that they didn't do that to me because I'm now, like, you know, I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, I wish I was, like, able to, as a kid, like, understand and, like, ooh, you know? Because whole different show, but, you know, anyway. Sure. Just fun. Just, you know, I wish I was able to get my, you know, like, oh, you know, they always kept it quiet. Like, we weren't supposed to be like, oh, she's so hot. You know, like, we were supposed to be very, like, my dad was very respectful of that. So, anyways. But yeah, so just you said invasion, it made me think of <laughs> that. was a great, uh, I'll make fucking Nick Foley. That was a great there. <laughs> so we're in Omaha, Nebraska, Raw is War, August 10th, 1998. Um, and speaking of Nick Foley, mankind's walking around the backstage, not backstage, but like I think he's like, love in this intro parking lot. Yeah, and he's got a fucking chair and he's like, you know the truth, but you can't handle the truth. And, like, he's talking to himself. And this is right before the intro even starts. So, like, we kind of get some sort of uncensored shit to start off with right off the bat. Um, now, in this particular situation, Mankind's going to be teaming with Kane later on in a Fatal 4-Way tag match. And the whole situation here is that they think Undertaker and Kane are in some kind of cahoots and conspiracy. And Mankind doesn't know who to believe. So what were your thoughts? You just said that you found it a great opening. What are your thoughts on starting? Because it's at this point that we're starting to see more of these crazy stuff happen. What were your takes on seeing Mankind with a chair? Yeah, so when you when you asked me to do this attitude era thing, I was like, I was thrilled because I got to go back and watch some of the attitude era stuff. I haven't watched that in so long. Uh, so my, my first thing, you know, the first opening is like Mankind being Mankind. Like, this is why, uh, you know, Nick Foley is such a treasure. That dude is awesome. Like, Character-wise, Mankind is his best character. The dude was so into it. He used to pull his hair out and squeal and all this stuff. He was so cool as Mankind, you know. I I always loved Foley as Cactus Jack because that's when like, he went to his extreme. But Mankind was his best character. Um, so when he's running around, you know, I want the truth, all this stuff. It was so cool. And then, uh, you know, it briefly, like, it just shifts, like, the highlights from, from Sunday Night Heat. Like, that's what it went to. And I was like, holy shit, Sunday Night Heat. Like, you know, like, that, like, you know, jumped my memory. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're talking about Kane and all this stuff. And I remember when, when Kane was with Paul Bearer and Mankind was with Paul Bearer and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they showed it, the, the Heat uh, promo when, when Undertaker was under the Kane mask. And I was like, I remember this. And then I remember, like, the, the action figure that came out a few years ago where it was Undertaker figure in a Kane box and the mask. Yeah, came out. Like, that yeah, was cool. Yep, yep. Um, but, you know, the, the opening of it was so cool to me because, um, 
and I'm, kind of, I'm just like jumping ahead a couple seconds. No, go but ahead. When, when the pyro goes off and the stage is so perfect in the attitude era, like, you know, it's nothing fancy. It's just one big giant screen, some metal and stuff like that, and the hanging signs. And the thing that I noticed the most was the signs. There are signs everywhere, everywhere in the crowd. Mm-hmm. There's signs everywhere. Um, you know, and uh, so, you know, just the beginning of it is so cool. You know, Mankind's doing his thing. It's just this creepy, you know, whatever the hell he's supposed to be. I don't really know. It's just like some crazy it's guy. Like, like, yeah, some crazy guy with a, with a tie and a suit and whatever he is. He's um, trying to like be like with fucking Mankind. I, I'm sorry, with Mr. McMahon's like version of what a WWE champion should be. I think he's trying to like, because I always wondered that too. I was like, why is he wearing the suit and tie? Yeah. And then, like, going back, I remember, like, he was trying to get under Vince's good side. And so, like, I think he thinks that by wearing that, Vince would be like, ooh. ooh this and is with a- an incredible name. Yeah. Mankind. Like, it's a, it's a great like, name. Uh, speaking of, I, I do like to say this. I'm glad that you pointed out, like, the whole, like, fan experience thing. Because I remember a couple of years ago when I went to Raw in, like, 2014. That's, like, over 10 years ago. I wasn't a real, real big Daniel Bryan fan. Just because, like, I didn't see any of his indie stuff or any of his, like, Ring of Honor. Like, I only saw his stuff in WWE. And at the time when he came out, I was in high school, so I wasn't really watching a lot of it. So what I was watching, I was watching with my ex-girlfriend at the time. And we weren't really, like, we'd watched it, but wasn't really into it. But I wasn't really a big Daniel Bryan fan, but everybody else was. And I remember we went to a show... And we were booing Daniel, and it was like as if we were public enemy number one. All the fans looked at us. It was really bad at that time. I remember, like, I wouldn't go because it was that bad. And I'm thinking back to to those days, and I remember, like, everybody was so chill. It was like a community back in, like, those earlier days. Like, I remember, like, people, like, there's some fans now. Like, now it's gotten better. Like, every time I go to the show, I'm able to talk to somebody. But, like, in, in, like, 2014, like, good luck if you had a different opinion. Um, but I just remember in like those earlier years going to shows like 2000 and even like 2002, like everybody was more, everyone was in it together. It was more of like a fun root for who you want for like fun experience. So yeah, definitely back in those days, like it was more, more fun for everybody, I think. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, was more, it was more of like a community definitely back then. Fucking awesome shit, man. Um, so yeah, so let me come out here. So I'm going to, I might, can I throw it to you here? I mean, do sure. you, I'm going to throw it to you quick. Cause I don't have, let me explain to these guys here and gals listening. I fucked up. I don't have my notes for this episode. So Ant's like pretty much going to be the host here. Uh, and I'm just going to throw it to you just so that you could give us the promo. If you can deliver like pretty much like what, what happened here? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Vince comes out and uh, actually, no, mankind and, um, and uh paul bearer out there and they're talking whatever and um you know they're out there and and vince gets called out by mankind he's like you know i want to talk and all this stuff i want you to tell me the truth and vince comes out in what i call vince's classic gray suit anyone that ever had a vince action figure as a kid he was in his gray suit it was like the perfect suit on him um and then he calls out Kane, you know, he's like, uh, Vince is, con- is like convinced that Kane and Undertaker are the exact same person. He doesn't believe there's two different people. Um, and the greatest thing ever happens, Kane's pyro hits. And oh. that, that is the most iconic pyro ever. It's oh like, my God. And it was loud back in the day. It was loud. It was like, it was, it was loud. It was, you know, it was, oh. 
and uh, so Kane and uh, Paul Bearer are walking down there, and they got to give give McMahon credit. He does not look scared of he one bit. Off. He is just he is Vince. He's in the ring. He looks good. Um, he's like, this is my pyro, bitch. Yeah, and, and you know what? Kane's mask is just there's no there's no expression on it, but it's scary as hell. That mask. It's just like mm-hmm. you know, it looks metal. It looks like it looks just like scary. And Vince is just standing there, just like just taking it or whatever. Um, so, you know, Paul Bearer is talking about, you know, you're disrespecting, you know, me, you're disrespecting Kane, all this stuff. And, and Vince goes to like take off Kane's mask and the lights go out. Mm. And this is where Jim Ross is so valuable for WWE at that point. WWF. Um, he's talking like he can see everything. He's like, we can't see everything. And he's describing stuff. And like, which is why like, it's so sad to hear him now because, he can't. He can't call moves. He can't call people the right name. Like they have to change Jungle Boy's name to Jack Perry because of him. Like this was Jim Ross. Like it was amazing. Oh um. So like then the Undertaker comes out. And, like you notice that like it's obviously not Kane. The Undertaker like it's two different people. Um. But it was amazing. You know you get to see like this promo work of like clearly this wasn't as scripted as it is today. You know like it was like this unscripted format where like Vince gets to talk, and then Kane doesn't have to talk because he has a talker for him. Um, and then Taylor comes out and just like beats the shit out of mankind, and Kane just like walks away. Like you don't know where Kane went; he was gone. Um, the bear like helps. Um, bear helps mankind a little bit, like walks him out. But you see, like the like the the, the tension between mankind and Kane because mankind's like, you know, I just got the shit beat out of me. Where did Kane go? Mm-hmm. And that's obviously in our tag team main event, you know, with Kane and mankind. So he doesn't have to get trusted later on. Well, yeah, and you have, like, um, you know, Vince doesn't even know at this point if Undertaker and Kane are working together, and Mankind's looking at Vince for answers. Vince doesn't know anything. Mankind's like, fuck, you know, Paul Bear isn't going to tell him stuff. I'd be scared, too. Uh, Mankind always does the shit and the stick, though, it seems like more Mankind. Um, we're going to take our first break, but before we do, uh, we could quickly talk about this match, because I doubt it's going to give us, I mean, we, we might go over a bit, but if we do, we'll cover it in our next uh, sure. bit. So we have a women's match. We have Jacqueline with Marvelous Mark Mero taking on Luna Vachon with the oddities with her. And Sable is at ringside to do, was she like ring announcer or like timekeeper? Yeah, keeper, something. weird. Odd. And uh, pretty much Sable trips Jacqueline, allowing Luna to nail a flying splash. I just got done. I've seen it when it aired the dark side of the ring of Luna when it came out, but mm-hmm. I rewatched it. Luna's the bomb. And she, you know, again, like this is her actually having a real match with another woman who could have a real match. It didn't last long. Uh, but what were your thoughts on this? I mean, obviously Sable and Jacqueline are going to have their feud go on, but seeing Luna add to the mix. And at this point, Sable is actually a part of the oddities. Quick thoughts, and then we could, if you have more to say, we can bring Yeah, sure, up. no. Uh, the oddities were cool. You know, they were like mm-hmm. this this mismatched bunch. Uh, but Kurgan could have been something. He was, was huge. Me. Kurgan was huge. Yep. And everyone forgets that that the Shockmaster or Tugboat, whatever you remember him as. Was he, was he Tugboat? It was Earthquake. I thought Earthquake, yeah. <laughs> earthquake. earthquake. He was under the mask of the guy wearing the wearing the shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he was Golga, yeah. Um, so and the oddities were cool. cool. They were kind of fun, you know. Whenever they walk out there with Luna, but the one thing I wrote down was, uh, women's wrestling has come a long way. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. that was given like what two minutes that match. Not even, didn't do much. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually it was Jacqueline's debut match in WWE. Yeah. Um and really all did she, she was there before WWE or was this her yeah, like she did. I know she did WCW she did. stuff, but was yeah, she, she was... an actual wrestler or did she Yeah, just... she was involved and I think she actually okay. did like some like what you would call indie stuff in the nineties. Okay. I know she got... fought disco, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um this was like kind of just like further the Luna, the, the Sable Jacqueline thing. And then, like, of course, you had the tension between Mark Marrow and Luna uh, because, like, they were married and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it was a quick filler match. It got Raw to kick off. It was some fun. Everyone loved the oddities at that point, especially with the Cartman that shirt. Theme song, insane. Was, the theme song was great. They got the dance and stuff. So it was cool. It was a great match. Cartman, South Park, all that yeah, fun. It was a good segment. I have a fun question for you when we come back. So stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back with our, uh, well, not our next episode, with our following our episode of Raw from August 10th. We'll be right back. And welcome back. I'm still the Hot Commodity. And we got to get a nickname for you, sir. You got to, you got to, we got to find a moniker for you. Yeah, we got to figure it out. I feel like I've just noticed that the the WWF logo is like coming through my head. It's sometimes, wait, go ahead. There you go. Yeah, like it's there, a, it like keeps doing it. Yeah, it's very good. Does that? Yeah, my title disappears a lot. I like the attitude error on the side though. That was That's awesome. I thought that you created that. You should have just like, like, yeah, I did. And I'm like, oh, sick. Um, so I laid off. I laid off. I left off mm-hmm. before the break with a question. And, the question. And one serious and one's not as serious. The not as serious one is: if you were Mark Mirror, who would you rather be with, Jacqueline or Sable? And then the second question is, do you really think Sable, obviously, we know down the line shit happens, but do you really think she was worth what Vince was selling um, to Barter? Uh, I mean, I don't think Brock listens, but I'd rather be with Sable. Uh, you know, Sable was, yeah, Sable was great when we were younger. Like, you know, that was, Sable was like the woman at that point. Um, you know, um, Clearly, Vince had a thing for her. Jesus Christ. He, he uh, everywhere, just because you know, he, uh, her name didn't come out in anything afterwards, you know, doesn't mean that didn't happen. Um, but Sable was great, you know. I remember that that iconic, you know, thing on where the, the two hands were on her, you know, that was like all she was wearing. I mean, I get that stuck in my memory. That was awesome. Um, but no, Sable was great. Jacqueline had more wrestling talent, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I wonder was... what her experience because I know we know a lot about um we know a lot about the um like backstory of how Luna and Sable sort of didn't really get along. I wonder how Jacqueline's relationship with Sable was because they were working around the same time period as Luna was working with Sable. And Luna's story is that Sable didn't want to get like bruises she didn't even want to attempt to wrestle i wonder if jacqueline had the same experience with her because i don't really hear a lot from jacqueline i'm using my hands a lot today but yeah i'm trying to look so i know that she was she began her career in world ch- class championship wrestling so she was she was uh early on and then she was in the uswa women's championship wrestling uswa okay Okay. She was a sorry. She was a fourteen-time USWA champion wrestler. Oh damn! She so she, I, 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 so that's like I knew she was involved. So she said she was a territory girl, Memphis, no, she, Tennessee. They should have just like 
I don't know. I mean, but at that time, I don't think fans would really care though. In that time, for to see it, like they'd be bored. Because I, I mean, I watched some WCW stuff of like Akira Hokuto and Medusa and all those like women, and like I enjoy it, but I don't think the fans at that time really respected it or took it seriously. No, it's just a Hall of Famer. So let's move on. We have the brawl for all match take place. We got Draws defeating Savio Vega. I don't really care about the brawl for all. What are your thoughts on this? Though? So uh, a little, uh, my favorite action figure growing up all time was draws. He had the coolest okay. action figure. He had the, the stud right here in his beard. And he had like a stud in his tongue. I thought it was the coolest action figure. He had a ponytail and everything. Was it the one where it's like sticking out his tongue? Yeah. 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 It's like, he, he's like all he jacked. The, yeah. He has a green, the green, oh. uh, like skirt, whatever it was. Um, look. Go Do ahead. you know why Draws was hired for WWF? This little trivia for you. Wasn't that because he could puke? Correct. Because he could puke and Vince loved it. He could puke on command. It's a great story. Uh, I was on, um, what's that? What is it? Beyond Beyond the Mat? Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Check that out. Um, WCW was supposed to be on Beyond the Mat and then they refused it once they found out what it was. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah Bra Brawl for All was, was, was okay. Oh, uh, you're giving me the, wait, is this the one? Wait. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. Yep, I still have it. Um, you, it it you, came with a tire. You have to one day, I want to do an episode if you can. This is happening, folks. Breaking news. We're like, maybe you could get like all of your cool, like old shit that you have oh that's still in good condition. Well, I, I have too many things. I have the LJN line. Uh, you gotta we'll do different episodes because i am i gotta tell you i don't like to watch the stupid uh legends where they're finding the, the stuff yeah i'm not either into that but i can appreciate all of that so please we're gonna do an episode okay you can tell me when i'm, I'm totally into that I have a, please show me all of your stuff alarm clock right now that, uh, dude, i love it no please honestly like i'm a big old school how do you get like is it just because of something you over time or just yeah, so i was into uh facebook auctions for a while and it was a huge amount of facebook wrestling auctions so i acquired way too many things from that um i've sold a bunch of it and then i kept a bunch of it so i have i have a decent you have some cool stuff i've seen some of your like the facebook you got some cool stuff you yeah, know i do i have a ton of stuff. yeah plug yourself a bit more yeah. the homeboy's got some stuff man He's going to be on the fucking most wanted treasures. What's so stupid about that show, though, too? It's like, yeah, you're really going to tell Mick Foley I'm not going to give you Mr. Sako. Like, it's like, not going to do that. So it's I like, do, I, like, I have to think about it. It's like, you know damn well. I do have a sign Mr. Sako somewhere. Um, but, sorry. Uh, the Brawl for All. Uh, I thought it was a cool idea. Mm -hmm. The weird thing was that they still had WWF referees refereeing it, like not boxing refs. So it wasn't as legit. Yeah, yeah. But it always seemed like the guy you didn't think was going to win won. Like, I thought for sure Savio Vega would have beat Draws. Mm. Um, Savio weird... had a cool toy, too. Yeah. It, it was, was weird calling him, having them call him Darren Draws off, because I don't remember them ever calling him that. Yeah. That was um, a weird beginning. And watching the, the, the replay of Savio Vega defeated that guy Brackus. Who they called like the German Superman? That guy was huge, and Vega literally knocked him out. Um, and I think Draws knocked out Hawk, like broke his nose or something. Um, but it wasn't really just a boxing match; it was like an MMA boxing mix, which I don't, I don't remember. I always remembered it just being a boxing match. 
Uh, but overall, it was the fans seemed really into it. Actually, I was surprised. The fans yeah. were actually really into it. Um, but it was something different. They tried something different. It seemed to work in that match. Uh, not so much in the later match, but in this match, it worked. I mean, two different, you know, two guys. I mean, and the story, you know, again, is that these guys are supposed to get a big push, whoever wins. Yeah. You know, we know, obviously, Vince Russo did it because Bradshaw, you know, made a comment. And so I love, I got to tell you, the dark side of the ring where Jim Cornette is they're talking about the brawl for all. And let me tell you, man, he is going off. And I love it. You piece of shit. I'm like, oh, damn. Jim Cornette once said that he will make sure he lives long enough to piss on Vince Russo's grave. <laughs> and I believe him with every I love of it. I love it. And I love how they're doing, like, the shoots of him. And it's like, him, like, getting ready to grapple. It's like, you're all so mad. And it's like, him going, you're a piece of shit. And like, that's great. Um, so, yeah. So, Jim Cornette wasn't happy about this. No. Um, Cornette's but a wrestling guy. Yeah. And I can like, Don't mess with wrestling that. is what Cornette wants. I can appreciate that, yeah. a bit, but I mean, I, I understand, you know, but again, the idea of wrestling with Stone Cold, I would want to do that, but we all know what happens. Yeah. So throughout the night, we see DX arrive separately and Michael Cole comes up to China backstage and he's like, well, what's going on? What do you have? You know, what are your, what are words you have for us? He's like, we have two words, suck it. Suck it. Pushes him <laughs> in the BMW convertible. Uh, the DX split, I mean, obviously watching it, we know it's not going to happen. But, but heavily teased. Yeah, heavily teased. And I really wonder, like, what caused that. I know, and we'll talk about this later on, later in December, we'll get another tease with the Outlaws looking mm-hmm. as if they're going to join a different group. But um, what do you think? I mean, we know DX is not going to split, but I mean, what do you, what do you think? Are you nervous? Uh, yeah, I mean, this, like I said, this is the first one I, I watched the attitude yeah. ever, and it, it was, you know, it, it was one of those things. You know, what it reminded me of is that Eminem and D twelve song "My Band." It was like, you know what I mean? I don't know the name. Yeah, it, it was like they were all very envious of like Triple H, you know, like the praise he was getting, and like, and like they were all like angry at him. But like them showing up individually and not as a group, and not one of them wearing DX attire was a really good way to do it because mm. you were kind of like. This could be the end of DX at this point. Like this could be ending, and like Triple H with China, and like obviously they're going to arrive together. X Pac arrived by himself, and the Outlaws arrived by themselves. I thought it was a really good way to set it up. Yeah, I mean, and again, like even though we do know that they're not, you did make a good point that there, there's little like things that they do with them not wearing the shirts and stuff. Little hints that even though you know you're watching, you know they're not going to split up. Maybe they might. You don't know. Um. Okay, so we're supposed to get a match here: Southern Justice versus Legion of Doom. However, they decide to uh, kind of actually, what's that word called? Like open the curtain a little bit and bring mm-hmm. Hawk's personal issues to the forefront here. They're making Hawk's character be a drunk. And yeah. pretty much he walks yeah. onto the ring and he puts his finger in Animal's face. They start arguing. The rest have to, have to separate them. And Dross comes out to partner with Animal. During all of this, Jeff Jarrett then comes out, nails Draws with a guitar, and then cuts Draws's hair. Um, a lot happening here. What are your t- first? We'll talk about Elodie. What is your take? I mean, looking back now, it's not a good look on WWE to do this. Even back then, it's not a good look to do this to Hawk. You know, it's like they're making a mockery of someone who really used their help at that time as well. 
Um, I was never really a fan when WWE would do that or any wrestling company. You know, obviously, reality is good in wrestling. I do like it. But when you're touching on someone's battles and real-life struggles, that's something that you shouldn't do. What is your take on um, this LOD situation where Hawk is drunk and Animal can't rely on him? Yeah, so like the first, yeah, the first thing that I noticed was the Legion of Doom theme is so cool. Like mm-hmm. that was that, that rush thing was just so cool. Uh, and then I immediately was so uncomfortable watching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've spoken about this before on this podcast. I'm sober about three and a half years, a little bit over than that. Over that, I was so uncomfortable watching this. Yeah, um, I hated it. I really did. Uh, Knowing that Hawk was in such a bad spot during this time, this was just not the way to go. No. There there are ways to get fans interested and to get heat on characters and to get, you know, character development. This is not it. It was not it when they tried to do it with Jeff Hardy. It was not it when AEW tried to have Christian talk about Jeff Hardy when he was in rehab. It's not the way to do it. No. Uh, I think there's a way. Think, that, yeah. Do you think these promoters and I, I want honest answer here? Do you think they're doing it like because I think sometimes it's malicious? I think there's not a way of payback. You know? Yeah. Do you think they're doing it out of payback, or do you think they're thinking, "Hey, maybe if we mention it, maybe these guys will see and want to change their lives"? Because Hawk is doing some really fucked up shit here. Like he, there's a point where like he falls off. Well, I don't want to give anything away, but like there's a lot that happens here with him. Yeah. Could potentially drive you to do something like that. Do you yeah. think they were meaning for that, or do you think they were just like, you know what, like, what do you think their goal is? Because really, what's the point of the storyline? It happens for like a couple months, and then it's like that's it. Yeah, no. In, in this case, it was it was lazy storytelling. You know, it was it was lazy writing. Uh, I don't think there was any kind of positive that could have came out of it. Uh, it was just making Hawk look like a drunk. Like that was yeah. it. Uh, and you're you're right. You just alluded to there was there was a, a payoff at some point, and it was horrible. Like it was, it was a terrible way for the payoff. Um, but you know, just to show Hawk on TV like this, and I know that I, I've read a ton of interviews and heard about it, where a lot of people were were really petitioning to have Hawk Hawk take it off TV, like get him off of here. He needs help. Take him off. Um, but in terms of the match, you bring draws out after. Like a, a pretty heavily intensive match in Brawl for All. You mm. team him up with Animal. Uh, Southern Justice, I, I don't remember them. I remember the Godwins. I remember, I don't remember the other guy at all. Um, Which, so I'm going to tell you a fun fact here, sir. Um, I'm a big, anybody that supports the channel or anything, I'm a big fan of. So I, fun fact here, because I think I'm full with this little notion. I have talked to the one that you don't know of. Oh, is it? Godwin, Henry. Midian is the other one. Midian is the one that ends up. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's right. It was Midian and the Godwin. Midian, there's Midian. Okay, got it. But but no, Midian was Phineas at the time. Got it. was with the Godwins, it was Phineas and Henry. Henry ended up becoming Mark Canterbury. He used his real name. Got it. After... WWE. I actually, I haven't. I have something I'll talk to you about off air. But anyways, it might be on later on. But he he's really cool and stuff. And um, where was I getting at with this? I do like his gimmick better, obviously, with the with the the Godwins. But this is kind of like 
they're sort of Jeff Jarrett's country music yeah. security. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very like strange. And that this doesn't last long either. It lasts a couple more. I, I, I don't remember them coming be anything big. But Jeff even looks totally different. Like he looks like yeah. he looks like kind of like TNA Jeff at this point. He's got the short hair. It's all spiked and stuff. But uh, Jeff knows how to swing a guitar. I'll tell you that. That guy. That guy was on point every time with that guitar. Double um, J. But it was good. Uh, other than that, you know, and then he uses the buzzer on the hair. I was never a big fan of like the hair stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna see a hair versus hair match at SummerSlam. So. Uh... We're building towards that, sir. So let's move on. I'm going to throw this to you really quick. So DX come out, and we're finally going to know what's going to happen here. Are they going to split? What happens? Yeah, so the DX Summit, I called it, happens. Uh, first thing I noticed was Triple H's arms were huge at this point. Like, just huge. I don't know if there was stare, whatever it was. It was huge. Uh, then they said the word jack-off. They said the word jack-offs about 30 times in this segment. And I don't know if the sensors were going off or whatever, but... Yeah. This is what made the attitude error the attitude error. They could say whatever they want and they got away with it. Uh, you know, he was calling the road dog a jack off, and then Jeff, he was calling X Pac a jack off. He just kept going back and forth. Um, but the crowd loved it. Anything DX ever did, the crowd loved it. was just, you know, they could do no wrong, these guys. It was it was amazing. Uh, you know, X Pac first says, you know, Triple H is, you know, taking up too much of the, you know, the popularity, and then you know, then it turns to the outlaws and Billy Gunn always seemed like a little bit out of place to me. I don't know. He seemed like, like too good of a guy, like a goody two specific guy, but then he kind of fit in. I don't know. Um, and then, you know, Triple H says, you know, it's time for the DX split and they go to show their asses. And then, you know, China kind of like steps in and is like, Hey, you know, don't you guys think that we're tired of seeing your asses? And then she shows her ass. Like it was cool. It was, it was, you know, it was typical DX. Uh, there's no split. Uh, but Just hey, China's ass. Crowd went wild. Yeah, she looked good actually. You know, of course. Listen, I'm not hating on China. This yeah. is where China is becoming more, you know, more uh, Oriental. No I'm kidding. <laughs> China was, uh, you know, she was, she was very important to DX. You know, she's like the she needs, and she got it. She got it recently, more recently in recent years. She got more of the attention that she, that she deserved in DX. Um, but overall, it was a quick segment. It was a good segment. It showed exactly what the attitude error was. It was a lot of like, you know, immature jokes and stuff like that. And it showed that DX could do no wrong. So they did well. In respect to China, man, I watched um a couple of years ago. I'm sure you've seen the device. They did a uh, yes. That was just. I love her, and I and I'm a big listen. A lot of people hate on Triple H. I'm normally a big Triple H guy, really. Like I don't hate on him. I know. But, but what he did in China really, yeah. yeah, no, it was bad. And the fact <laughs> that's another level. I know where right. you're going. The fact that X Pac was there to pick up the pieces, and then, but not only that, but then to also to then say that the reason why she's not in the Hall of Fame is that one day my daughters might go online and see what she did with her career after yeah. the movie. Well, you know, one day your daughters might come online and see you fucking a dead body. I mean, yeah, the irony talk. of Triple H saying that. I mean, let's talk. So I mean, so and that he said that in 2014, like two years before she dies. Yeah, so it's like for him to come when she. I mean, and I get it. You have a come to Jesus moment. I get it. But like, I don't know. It's kind of like it, the China deserves to be in the Hall of Fame on her own. She deserves every accolade. She got shut up. She didn't have a voice. I don't think she should have earned as much as Stone Cold. Although. 
you could make a point that she was just as big as Stone Cold in that era in terms of she was going to the movie award. She was going to this, doing that. She was on TV, on, uh, you know, TV guides, all that crap. Um, God, we got a little bit before we have to take our second break, but we can talk about this here. Um, Godfather comes out to fight Vader. And before the match happens, Bart Gunn comes out and he confronts Jim Ross. And he's like, you know, apologize to me. I knew I was going to knock out your man, Dr. Steve Williams. And Jim Ross is like, I'm not the guy you want to talk to. It's the Godfather. You're going to meet him next week. Yeah, this was weird. Really weird. And we'll it's talk a weird about interaction. That. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it was like scripted or whatever, but like Jim Ross seemed to like have no idea why he was yelling at him. Yeah. And I think like, I think it was a weird moment where it was behind the curtains because the boys backstage and the, the writers and all of them, they knew that Steve Williams is Jim Ross's boy. That this yes. is but us fans, we don't know. So like when he comes out and he's like, I knocked out your boy, it's like, oh and well, Steve Williams was supposed to win. He was supposed like he, to win. he was an odds on favorite. Mm-hmm, he got knocked out. Um and I love it. I'm sorry, but I love it when that happened. Um so anyway, so he he Bargain comes out and says all this to Jim Ross. Godfather offered the hose to Vader. Vader obviously accepts, like any red-blooded American would, American guy would, or girl, whatever, float your vote. Um, and then after this, um, Bart Gunn knocks out Vader. He fights with Godfather, and they get pulled apart here. Quick thoughts here. Nothing really happens with Bart Gunn, but, I mean, they're still promoting the brawl for all here. What do you think? I, I want to know, how did WWE not capitalize on Vader? The, the guy was. I heard the, his suit smelled really, really bad. But the the guy was the mastodon in Japan. He was, they used to have he, they used to have smoke coming out of his head, and Stan Hansen knocked his eye out in the match, yeah. and he continued it. He's and a now, beast. His match is Cactus Jack and Sting. This guy is getting hosed from the Godfather and walking away, and they're getting knocked out by Bark Gun. He gets hit by an inflatable hammer and gets knocked out, and a. Yeah. Vader, his entire, entire reputation went so down when he went back to WWF. Because mm-hmm. there was nothing. He did nothing when he went back there. Um, the, the match was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. It was a way for Bart Gunn to get revenge, revenge on Godfather. I don't know. Uh, but real quick, right before that match started, yeah. they pushed Michael Cole into a shower. Oh, I didn't see. Okay, go ahead. That guy will do anything for WWF at that point. He he was a he was a war uh correspondent, and then ended up going with WWF. He will do anything for this company at that point, and you could just see his passion for this company. Yeah. And you know, eventually he'll be something, and he turns out to be one of the greatest comment in my opinion, one of the greatest commentators of oh. all time. You can see the passion, yeah. and since Vince left. And Triple H has been in charge. You see the passion that Michael Cole has for comedy. He loves it. I he love watching it. when they get into it. When he was it. with McAfee, you saw it. And now with Barrett, I think you still see it. Uh, Cole is one of my all-time favorites. I know people don't like him every once in a while, but I love him. I love him. He's yeah, the he's voice like, of our generation, too. I love it. Well, we're going to take our last break of the night, and we're going to come back, and we're going to give you the tag team main event and a lot more staging. Welcome back. Yes, we are still here. I am still Ant. That is still Ant. Yes. <laughs> uh, we are covering Raw is War from August 10th, 1998. We're about to finish our coverage. We have a little segment here from Dustin Royals. Give I'm so a- glad you mentioned this. Yeah, it's like he gives us like a like um 
evangelical. Yeah, and he's like giving us a warning of like, you know, what you're about to see is very, you know, inappropriate and you know all this. What do you think of this character? I mean, I think it's different for Dustin, but uh what do you think of this? I said this on Christian and I's AEW uh comparing podcast episode. Everything that Dustin Rhodes did for the most part, besides gold dust, sucked. <laughs> and I love Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. He's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Uh I think Goldust is one of the most underrated wrestlers in the history of wrestling. Mm -hmm. But everything he did besides Goldust was god awful. Yeah. When he did when he did the seven thing over in WCW, when he debuted, he said how bad it was. Yeah. When he did, when he did Black Rain in TNA, it was awful. Yes, a lot of it was because of his own demons. That's why it was bad. But this thing, the whole evangelical, sure, it's a great idea because of his gold dust character. Like it's the exact opposite. It was actually like a precursor to like the right to censor stuff. But God, this is gonna be bad. And we all know well, here's what's weird. So, and we'll talk about this as we go on, because I'm kind of spoiling jumping ahead of it. He talks a lot about he, right? And we're thinking evangelical. But I think down the lines of being like he is supposed to be Goldust because he's like he's coming yeah. back and then it's like it's Goldust, um, which is weird because Goldust was a his character was completely different than what you know Dustin Runnels is preaching to if that's who he's talking to. Um, I loved Goldust so much. He was he's so awesome, good. man. Gold then he, went, he went too much though with the whole like. He walked out with like a ball gag and he had the walker like that was, we went with Luna like that was too much yeah Goldust itself was so good they made a joke of him when he was being yes. I mean his whole character was supposed to be a joke but when he was like fighting guys like Ramon and like you know in his prime as Goldust even later like Hunter Hearst Helmsley like yeah sure know. he was he was a uh an Oscar turn to life it was amazing. For real, it was cool. It was I amazing. didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah. That, I didn't know that, that was the whole point of Goldust. It, it was great. Cool. Respect. Now that I know that, I'm like looking at it and respecting it a bit differently. His vignettes in the beginning were amazing. Oh, my Lord. He used to scare me as a kid. Oh, though. yeah. He's creepy as hell. <laughs> like, you're the bite. And like, so, we can talk about this. I'm going to throw this one to you. Val Venus has, is it John Bobbitt? <laughs> John Wayne yeah. Bobbitt. John Wayne Bobbitt. And for those of you who are young, um, didn't his wife cut off his, Lorena Bobbitt cut off his? Cut off his penis and then threw it out a window of a car as she's being chased by police. She's a beast. Yes, she. she I mean, a, not that she's woman. a good person, but to be able to do all that, you know. Okay, so what happens here? Yeah, what well, was Val Venus and John Wayne Bobbitt, the man with yeah. the penis, the man without one? What happens? So Val Venus, of course, or I guess the week before, was supposedly getting it chopped off by Mr. Yamaguchi, right? That, that whole kind because he was hooking up. Val Venus was hooking up with Mrs. Yamaguchi's yes. Mrs. Yamaguchi song. So Mrs. Yamaguchi is in, the, on, is in the ring with Val Venus and John Wayne Bobbitt, mm -hmm. who I don't think they could have found a worse actress to play Mrs. Yamaguchi. I, I've never seen acting like that in my life. She was horrendous. She looked and like she, she didn't know what she was she supposed to She clearly had never seen an episode of Monday Night Raw. She didn't know who Val Venus was. She didn't know who John Wayne Bobbitt oh. was. This woman was lost. Um, but of course... Who would moderate this session? Jerry Lawler. Jerry the King. Yes. Who else? Uh, probably one of the biggest perverts in the history of wrestling. The character. I don't know if Jerry is, but it's great. Probably. Um, I mean, come on. However, 
Val Venus says that right before this whole thing happened, John Wayne Bobbitt came in, shut the lights off, and let him out before anything happened. So Val Venus is still intact. Um, Wait, there's that- John Wayne Bobbitt was there last week. Yes. And he turned the light off during this which, whole kayotai situation. Which allowed Val Venus to leave, and he's still okay. What a kind man. Yes. If I saw anybody with a knife near your pants, I would run for my life. He was willing to risk it all. I'd have, like, trauma, like, PTSD. Like, he's like, fuck it, I'm saving. Put it on my cape. And if Val Venus isn't the definition of a 1990s wrestling character, I don't know what yeah. is. His music is so good. His innuendos are just perfect for his character. Uh, Val is just, I don't know. They found, like, the perfect guy to play him, too. It was just, it, was just, it worked out so well. Um, so everything worked out great. It, it, the segment went well. Um, everything just seemed to go really well. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, I just hit myself. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of sad because, like, you know, they're building this guy. You know, obviously, everyone who watches, you know, at this time, the news, they know who John Wayne Bobbitt is. They're selling this to be a big deal here. And doesn't he end up, does Val break up with the lady in this situation? Or like he like something happens. Like, doesn't he like Yeah, he he, he like tells her to hit the bricks and then he, he throws her like a D battery for a vibrator. Oh my god. Like, oh, then she gets like upset oh. or whatever. Oh, oh, oh Val. Wow. Who who is writing this? Because yeah. it's great. It was great. It's also kind of like, you're like, oh, yeah. shit. This person has a fucked up mind because he just threw a double-A battery at, like, a functive representative fucking agent's penis. Great. Okay. Well, you know, this is the war zone, so anything can happen. Uncensored Wrestling Podcast. All right. So, we're at our final Brawl for All match. We got, well, not the final, I'm sorry, of this match, of this night. Marvelous Mark Marrow taking on Bradshaw here. Bradshaw gets the win. What are your thoughts? This was uncomfortable, this match. Like, really uncomfortable. Um, I mean, we all know that Bradshaw is a bully. Like, we've been told that a million times by like a million different wrestlers. But Bradshaw was going, like, real for real in this match. And I think Marrow just kind of wanted it to be like a, you know, like a, like a, like a shoot match. But, like, not really. Um... Bradshaw was like throwing some some haymakers in there, but Merrow was really connecting on like some shots, and Bradshaw was like was a lot bigger than Merrow was. Like this clearly was not like a matchup that that should have been happening. Um, like this would be like a heavyweight and a middleweight kind of fight. Um, but Bradshaw was like throwing him down to the ground, and like every time the referee said break, Bradshaw would just stay on him, like didn't give a shit. Um, so it was very very uncomfortable. Listen, Bradshaw's got something to prove, man. Vince Russell's probably back. Bruce is probably back there being like, hey, you go out there, show uh, us. The fans didn't like this at all. Like, the fans were totally out of this match. They didn't like the holding Bradshaw was doing. They didn't like the bullying. Um, and if you and right in the third round, when they ended up tying, the, the, the microphones actually pick up Mero saying, you have to fucking break. Like, he says it really loud into the microphone. And Bradshaw doesn't like that. Like, you can just tell he doesn't like it. The referee hears it, and he immediately breaks him up. Mm. Uh, and they go for it. They end up tying in three rounds, which Bradshaw should have never been tied in three rounds. Uh, so I'm sure that kind of hit his ego. And then after three rounds, they draw. They do one more round, and Bradshaw takes it because he takes him down two more times. 
I mean, again, for me, it sucks because there's really like, it's it's cool to hear about, but like there was no payoff. It's like WrestleMania 15, and that was it. And then it's like, you know, just the reason why it's booked. It's just like, it's kind of corny, you know, it's cool for this situation, but you hit the nail on the head when you said, you pretty much encompassed the whole block raw when you said that they have like WWE wrestlers in their like zebra print attire. Like, yeah. it's like, it's not, it was a clusterfuck, a lot going on. So, like, we're referee Jack Doan is telling him how to like do an MMA boxing match. I met a cool time. referee, I forgot, in my, uh, Jimmy Corderas. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I met him when I went to, and I met Rico. Remember Rico? Oh, yeah, sure. I he's, met a, uh, he's a police officer now? Yes, yeah. I met them, the two of them in 2002. Sicko mode. Anyways, we have come to our main event. The WWF tag team titles are on the line. The tag team champions, The Undertaker, and his partner, who is the WWF champion, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who, by the way, these two guys will fight at the main event of SummerSlam in a couple of weeks. They're teaming up to defend their titles against the New Age Outlaws, The Rock and Owen Hart, and Kane and Mankind with Paul Bearer. This is a fatal four-way match. Um, pretty much a lot of action here. The ending comes after um, Undertaker attacks everybody but Kane. Kane comes in, nails a choke slam to The Undertaker, and pins him. And the story that's being given to us, that everybody that the, you know, announcers are saying so cold is that in the past it took more than one choke slam to take undertaker down like a wrestlemania it didn't defeat him after the match kane choke slams undertaker three times or i don't know if it tomb slams him whatever tombstone whatever tomb slam that's awesome whatever he does he attacks taker but pretty much what they're trying to say is that Undertaker laid down for Kane pretty much. That they're in that they're in cahoots. It's taken a lot more to be Undertaker. Why is it that Kane choke slams him and that's it? Um But we have new tag team champions in Kane and Mankind here. What do you think of this whole situation? I mean, do you think that this is reason enough to believe that just because Undertaker got choke slammed once by Kane that uh, he's working with them? What do you think? I don't think that necessarily that was the reason why I believe it. It was because Undertaker sat up immediately afterwards and walked around like nothing happened. It was yeah. like choke slammed, got up, walked around like nothing happened. And Austin was kind of like, the fuck was that? Like, you know, we just lost our belt. We didn't just lose a match, we lost our belts. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he, he choke slammed him and it was just like, okay. Yeah. Like it was like we just lost whatever. I'll, I'll see you, you know, at SummerSlam. Like, that's cool. Um Do you notice that a fan tried to rush the ring? No, I didn't. Yeah, so see- a fan tried to rush the ring, okay. and everybody to stop him. It was uh, Hebner. Oh, okay. shots. He gave his licks in before the main event. What the hell was Hebner's first name? Earl. Earl Hebner, like stops him and like kicks him a few times, like to get him not in the ring or whatever. Um, but yeah, not not um, you know, but this match overall, it showed, it showed me actually a few things. So, um, there was every time somebody did a superplex. Okay, the crowd popped. Mm-hmm. Like, like regular moves were getting big reactions. Yep, yep, yep. You know, like now, you know, I'm watching Raw right now. Somebody does a suplex, and everyone's just sitting yeah. there quietly. Nothing. Well, even The Rock, like he'll do like the people's elbow, and like Steve Blackman will kick out of it. And you're like, oh, sure. oh, like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in the very beginning, I noticed 
does anybody from that that like watched that era of wrestling not know the entire entirety of the Road Dogs intro? Everyone knows that still. You know what I mean? Like so, like when he was doing it, I was like, the only thing I messed up was how many times they were champion at that point. Oh, it's happy, you're champion. Yeah, so like you know, what I mean, um, but this match was okay. I, it was. It seemed like they were kind of like running out of time at the end. Everything seemed kind of rushed. Everyone was going into each other. They were just like going in and out. In, 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 out. Um, but yeah, no, it, it would certainly seem to the viewer that Kane and Undertaker are in some kind of pact, some kind of, you know, almost like they're brothers, <laughs> um, you know, as we, as we all thought as a kid. Um, but yeah, it definitely seemed like something. Who do you think, I mean, and this, I, I, mean, I can maybe guess your answer, but who as a kid were you more afraid of, Kane or Taker? Wow, who was I more afraid of? I was more afraid of Undertaker. Kane scared me, but take yeah. Away. Um. Wow, that's a good question. Um, you know what? Taker was on TV. I feel like a little bit more. Like you know, he was he was presented as like more of like a as like a, a mythical being. You know, he would he would you know put his hands up and lightning would come and shit like that. Kane's Kane was definitely more of like a um like a psychological it, yeah like an impending figure. Like when Taker would like stand there, he didn't scare me, but Kane standing there could scare you because he was he was just big and that mask had zero expression. It was just like was and when he would turn his mask. face and like yeah, it's like how like Mike Myers would turn his head and he didn't have to do anything, but when he turned his head, it was scary. Taker was just like the way he acted. There was no he didn't know what he was doing. Paul Bearer was cool. I always loved Paul Bearer. Oh yeah, I thought he was the guy was the guy was cool. Yeah, um, that's why I, I was so upset when Taker went to the American Badass uh, in the beginning. See, I was happy because I was terrified of the Undertaker, so I was like, "Yes, I can watch him and not be terrified." Like it, it turned out to be like, I don't know. I guess it depends on what people's opinions are. It turned out to be like an okay gimmick change. It yeah. wasn't great. It wasn't as terrible as people make it seem. But you know, Taker will always be remembered as like the Undertaker. Like that's yeah. who he is. Yeah. I mean, I respect it. The American Badass, I, you know, we grew up with that, too. And that's the craziest part if you think about it. I mean, we grew up, obviously, we got the best of both worlds. Absolutely. We got, like, old school Undertaker. We got Dead Man Inc., you know, American yep. Badass. We got the sort of 06, 04, 05 return to Undertaker form. So we got a lot. Um, before we wrap up here, what do you think is going to happen next week? Because this is fun. Because you don't really necessarily know exactly what's going to happen next week. What do you What do you hope to see happen next week? Like, what do okay, you? So how many? So how many weeks are there until SummerSlam? Um, SummerSlam. Let me look it up. Hang on. I'm gonna do my research for you. SummerSlam is Slam is on August thirtieth, and you got two weeks. Two weeks. So what do you? Three. So. Um, what do you yes. hope to see? So next week, I'm assuming there will be some kind of confrontation with Austin and Taker. You know, Austin is going to obviously blame Taker for taking the loss, which he should. I mean, Taker took the loss, obviously. Uh, you know, at some point, Mankind and Kane are going to get some kind of challenger for the title, which the ones that would make the most sense would be the Outlaws. Uh, Owen Hart didn't even fight in the last match. He got his ass kicked. and mm. D'Lo Brown, of all people. Uh, took the replace. Uh, if you uh, watch that match, D'Lo has no idea how to kick out of a, a three uh, three count. No. Like Hebner had to stop this three count like three times 
like right and Dilo didn't kick out. I was like, what the hell was he doing? Yeah. And Dilo was like a really good like uh, intercontinental champion too. Like he knew what he was doing, but I just don't know what was going on in that match. I recognize. Um, he had a great head movement. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the two probably I look at. Obviously, uh, you know, Sable continue her stuff with Jacqueline and Luna, all that kind of stuff. I guess Brawl for All, we'll see. Because I guess, when the hell does Brawl for All end? Does it end at WrestleMania? I think next, I think so next week, it's the final of 98, and then they do it again, where the winner takes on Butterbean. Butterbean, right? Which, if, I don't want to foreshadow it, but it's not great. Um, no. Yeah, but you know, I mean, then again, you're putting a wrestler up against a legitimate boxer. Um, so yeah, so, you know, uh, you know, if I look back at my notes here, they're not... You know, I mean, Val Venus, I'm sure we'll get back into wrestling. You're going to have Mankind and Foley. No, I'm sorry, Mankind and Kane. Brawl for All, so Draws is still in it. Who else is still in it now? Bart Gunn is still in it. I think Bradshaw. it's down. I think it's um, Bradshaw. I think Gunn. it's down at Bradshaw and. Or no, no, no. There's more. There's more. It's Bradshaw, Gunn, Draws. I don't even know. I think that might be it. I haven't kept. I haven't Bradshaw, kept. Bradshaw, Gunn, Draws, and somebody else. Is it? I know. I I know who it comes down to in the finals, but I don't want to say anything. Okay, and then to wrap up really quick, what was your uh, moment of the night here from Azure? Uh, yeah. I mean, I the opening of it was great for me. Getting Different to see, like, you know, the, the, the no, not even that. Just like the old, the old ring. Okay, the, the old whole fireworks, the, the the crowd with the signs, um, you know, it really brought me back to, you know, when the fans were really into it. It was it was pre, uh, dirt sheets. It was it was pre spoilers, um, uh, you know. I feel like now when I watch Raw as I am now, uh, you know, I get the rundown before the show even starts. Mm. Um, See, I I try so hard to hide from that because I I hate being spoiled. Yeah, it's just I don't like, want to watch it. It's like you know, I, I know what segment's gonna go first, so I, I I turn it off like before before Raw starts. Oh. I don't want to know that stuff. Yeah, um, I can't. I don't look on Facebook. I delete Facebook while I'm watching Raw because I will accidentally go on it and then get ruined, and I'm like, I don't want to watch it. Yeah, it's like everybody's an insider now. It's insane. Everyone, you know, I, I don't know where the uh, the sources come from. Obviously, directly within AEW and WWE. That's why, like, you know, when Carlito came back at the Puerto Rico show, like that was a huge surprise because nobody spoiled it. I did not know. Yeah. Um, you know, I even went back and looked at Twitter after the show, and like nobody had reported Carlito. Or okay, good. Did people no. report um, Dakota and EO at SummerSlam? Because that was a big surprise. I don't me. remember that at all. That was a big surprise to me when they came back, uh, EO and and because uh, I know that EO, I think Dakota had just been released. Dakota, and was, I, just, Dakota was just released maybe like six yeah. weeks earlier or something like that. Yeah, so. so. Um, okay, so yeah. just the whole environment, the whole ambiance yeah. of the you know, right? it was, it was That was a very 90s show to me. The oddities. Uh, I look for know, that stuff. The, stuff like the like slam that. of the weeks and shit, the kaboom box, and like all that stuff as we get Yeah, out. I mean, the, 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 the ads were like, you know, I was looking, and, and Stacker 2 really comes into it when yeah. SmackDown comes. Like, I remember the Stacker 2 uh, energy drinks and the 1-800-CALL-COLLECT. Like, that stuff was, yeah, was more Here SmackDown. Remember him? I mean, that's later on in years, but... yeah. Well, listen, bro. We kill this. Your first episode. Are right? you're gonna continue on with us? With yes, us? absolutely. Dude, this we're gonna great. be on. Go ahead. 
Oh, cool. We're on the road to freaking SummerSlam, man. The highway to hell, Madison Square Garden. And we will be back shortly with our next episode. It will be Raw's War from August 17th, 1998. I want you all guys to have a good night. Stay safe. And remember to stay uncensored. Bye.